This episode is sponsored by Echo. Hear clearly, care confidently. Learn more at echohealth.com. That's E-K-O health.com. And use code JSP for $50 off any stethoscope. Just Some Podcast Media. The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, have you had anybody threaten to kill you today? Weirdly enough, yes, but that's probably going to be for another episode on workplace violence, Ben. <laughs> but it was a it was an exciting day all the way around. So I'm also excited, Ben, because tonight we have a very special guest. We have Kevin from the Art of Emergency Nursing. Kevin, do you want to introduce yourself? Howdy, everybody. My name is Kevin McFarlane, and I am thrilled to be on here. And I'm glad that the uh, the violence was at work, you know, workplace violence and not home violence that you're thinking of. So, <laughs> yeah, you never know. The household can get exciting at times, Kevin. So understand, understand yeah. mine, mine as well. Guys, I'm thrilled to be on the podcast with you. This is, this is a lot of fun. We are super excited. We've been excited since PodCon in Nashville. We were like, we got to get this guy to the show. And we finally wore him down and he finally yeah. said, what? I'll do it. Wasn't so. PyCon just so much fun? It really yes. was. Yeah. Yes. I like had a blast. Nerding out with a bunch of people that like to do the stuff that you nerd out to. That was gold. That was Yes. Cool. Just to let you know, he's not joking. For the last 15 minutes before this show, we had an in-depth discussion about microphones and microphone techniques. So Nerding yeah, out. That's, uh, yes. that's what we do. Well, and Kevin, you have a new podcast out now also, which I love the name. I wish that I'd have thought about it before you would have, but... It's great. How not to kill your patient. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the new podcast we have out. And so so Art of Emergency Nursing really is more about the stories and it's the, about the nurses and the patients that they've seen and, and that kind of thing. And, and then me and a friend decided we wanted to do a more clinical podcast. We were talking more about kind of more uh, clinical stuff. So we decided to, to come up with this one. And we were talking, I go, what's this podcast going to be about? And she's like, it's going to be about how not to kill people. I'm like, that's the perfect name. Perfect name. We're going to call it How Not to Kill Your Patient. Which, again, I wish I would have thought about that. That's yeah, uh, it, it, good. I, I, loved, I love the name. I love yeah, the name. Yeah. So. Well, Kevin, how was your day today, man? My day was pretty good. My day is pretty good. My, my full-time role, I'm an educator. So most of my time is um, not on the front lines, but supporting the front lines. So I'm uh, an educator for a two hospital system. I say two hospitals, actually kind of more like four, but two hospital, two emergency departments is really what I support. And I'm the, the ED educator for those two, two departments. So do an ED education and then do some leadership development and some management stuff as well. So it's a lot of fun. Oh, it sounds like it. Yeah. 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 Management always sounds like fun to me. Teaching, teaching management's more fun than doing management. I'll I'll just say that. Okay. Fair enough. I I think teach, I actually truly honestly love managing on the other hand. I try. It just doesn't ever work. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, just mm, yeah. boy, leaders have it tough. Leaders have it tough right now. So getting to train those guys is is kind of cool. But my my m- the majority of my time is spent doing emergency nursing stuff. So I support a level one and a level three trauma center and work with a group of educators. Each hospital has their own set of educators, and then and my role is to kind of bring it together as a system and, and and try to do what I can to help both facilities. So interesting. It's a cool gig. It's a cool gig. Good, good. Tom, other than uh, your other interesting day, how's everything else going? I think it's going swell. I feel like I'm going to get ahead of myself, but I feel like things are, like I said last time, kind of getting back to normal. You know, you have a week that you're like, oh, it's not been a bad week. And then this week you're like, oh my God, I can't sit down. Like I literally missed lunch. And for a fat guy in family practice, trust me, missing lunch is a sentinel event. Okay. So <laughs> like, there is going to be investigations. I want people to know what happened and possibly get a medal of service out of this. Everyone's I don't know. know. But exactly. But no, it overall, it's been very well. And again, good problem. Just, just real busy, real busy. I'm waiting also for this weather to, it's kind of like, have you ever started a car and it stopped? I don't know these new cars don't do it, but like, you know, the old cars, the carburetors, like you it run for like three seconds and stop. That's what the weather is doing up here. Like it got really great for like six days. No. And then immediately no. had a snow flurry and it's been forties and raining. And I'm like, okay, I know you can hit 74 because you did. <laughs> okay. So, so let's go back to that. But other than that, everything has been going well up here. Well, I guess we can be my favorite part of the show, right, Tom? Kevin, I, I know you said before that you listen, but obviously, if anybody's ever heard the show, they know for one thing, and that's this is Ben's favorite part of the show. Is this where we talk about the slap herd around, around the world? Just <laughs> no. kidding. We, we ain't talking about that shit here. I'm just no, God, no. 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 Oh, I got so excited. I got so excited. <laughs> the, the look of glee on his face. No, we're not. No, it's that. our social media shout outs. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all at Just Some Podcast. Our website's www.justsomepodcast.com. You can email us, jsb at justsomepodcast.com. Kevin, if they wanted to check you out, where could they, where could they do that at? Social media, spend a lot of time on Facebook and uh, Instagram. It's uh, at Art of Emergency Nursing and doing kind of both podcasts from there because I don't want to do two Instagram accounts. <laughs> Smart man. We should have thought about that when, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other show again. So there we go. And we'll make sure we drop those links down in our show notes also. Tom, if they wanted to help our show, what could they do? Well, I don't know. They could probably tell friends to listen. That would help. Use more listeners. Okay. But other than that, they could go to our website. They they could scroll down to just about the bottom of the page. Then they could click on the Amazon affiliate link before they put anything in their cart or do any shopping. They won't know we were there. It helps with the show and we really appreciate it. Absolutely. The other thing they can do is make sure they check out all the other shows under the Just Some Podcast media umbrella. We got Welcome to Unit Monitor with Tom and I, where we talked about all kinds of creepy stuff over there. Then you have Nurse Papa with David Metzger. And then you have Buried Pleasures with Polly and Amazing. So make sure you check out all of those shows as well. Tom, ready to jump in? Yeah, but I just want to point out the important shows are the ones I'm on. 
Stop so it. If they want, if they want more important shows, they're going to have me on their shows more. So there you go. All, all of our shows are important equally, Thomas. No, no, incorrect. The ones I'm on are the Stop most it. important. So <laughs> there, you, there you go. And welcome, welcome to just some podcast, Kevin. Yeah. All right, I got you, man. I got you. This, I mean, this is going to be your most important episode ever because okay. it's got you and me. Oh, double importance. Wow. On this. I don't know. If we can handle this. This is going to be. <laughs> Ben has learned to is, just ignore, is, me, ignore me. Is there so. a room? Is there a room big enough for all these egos all in one place? I don't, I'm not sure there is. Well, we did fit them all in one room once, but we point. dared not That's do it point. again. That's so, good point. <laughs> oh, we we dare do it again. I say we dare do it again coming up. Yeah, we'll be advertising that here in the next coming months. But Tom, you ready to jump into our story that you may have missed? Yes, sir. All right. So the story that you may have missed, and actually, I kind of tipped your hand or tipped my hand to you on this one, Tom. And you said you actually hadn't heard this yet. So I'm kind of surprised, but there is yet another outbreak of COVID-19 going on in China, more specifically in Shanghai, where they are currently have locked down 26 million people with their uh, measures to try to prevent the spread of this. Now, this is causing some anger within the public, especially because the cases of symptomatic COVID is decreasing while the cases of asymptomatic COVID are increasing. So as of uh, today, there were 17,000 or just under 17,000 new cases the majority of those being asymptomatic. Yesterday was 13,000 cases. However, it was only 268 that were actually symptomatic. So that was the first issue that caused some public outlash. And the second issue was that they were separating children from parents because of the COVID outbreak. So like if a kid had COVID, but the parents did not, they were separating them so that they didn't get COVID. However, in somewhat of an unusual spin, China has actually bowed down to the public pressure and has started allowing parents and children to remain in the same facility, even if one is asymptomatic or one is positive and one is not. So, so somebody in China finally had to take care of someone else's sick kid and understood that they didn't want to do it anymore. Gotcha. Nice. Okay. That's what it sounded like. Times that by 26 million. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want this. This does appear to be another Omicron variant, uh, just a different variant, but obviously it appears to, I would say, kind of look similar to what we had with Omicron here the last kind of go around where it was spreading very rapidly, but was causing very mild to no symptoms. So, Tom, your thoughts? Well, so I, I guess I did hear about this a couple of days ago, and I just didn't pay a lot of attention to it because, well, it's in China and I have been watching other news. So that's my own fault. I should have paid attention to the rest of the world. It still exists. But I'm not shocked when COVID-19 first came down, like they were locking up whole cities at a time then. So I guess there's not really any part of me other than I know financial centers like Hong Kong, Shanghai, stuff like that have always enjoyed more relaxed settings than maybe their other cities in China. But other than that, this isn't really a shock to me that has happened. The only shocking part to me is that they have somehow allowed it to get out because China is usually extremely tight lipped about stuff like this. So 
but I guess, you know, 26 million people in a major financial center is probably a little harder to keep a lid on that. Especially with the, you know, social media and things yeah. of that nature. Yeah. yeah. Kind of hard to. So, uh, Kevin, COVID, it's not in the ERs anymore, right? <laughs> is that, is COVID still a thing? Is that still around? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Oh, that's, that's yesterday wow. news. You know, yeah. y- it's kind of funny. You know, I, I always wear a mask. I still always wear a mask wherever I go. Whenever I'm out, I'm wearing a mask. And, and you know, I can tell you here in Texas, we've kind of seemed to have forgotten that COVID's a thing. Like people, like, you kind of let their guard down. They're, you know, they're not wearing their masks much anymore. Social distancing is seeming to be forgotten. And it worries me because I think we're just going to, you know, we're just, you know, ripe for another, another, you know, kind of ramp up. But again, you know, the last one, like you said, well, well, it was easy to spread. There's a lot of people that weren't symptomatic. So say, hopefully, uh, that's signs of it becoming more of an endemic as opposed to the pandemic. Yeah, and I would say honestly, Ohio is following a lot what Kevin just said. I will say, uh, for the most part, actually, social distancing. You know, like when you're in a line in in a store, people are still staying a little farther apart. You know, stuff like that. But no, masks have pretty much gone by the wayside, and it. While I, I would like us to still use some measured caution, it's kind of hard <laughs> when the last two years you've been riding people's butt because there was, you know, Delta and then we were having all these issues. And now we have Omicron, which don't get me wrong, I'm not, you know, brushing aside any COVID or COVID variants. But at the same time, it doesn't really seem to be, you know bringing the thunder like some of the other variants. So it's a little harder to tell the public, but I, I agree. My, my end result, my fear, my fear is that the end result is that we are just setting ourselves up. So that's a new variant comes through. That is, you know, much harsher. And hopefully it's not. going to, to spread like wild. No, no, I, I hope not. <laughs> let's not be, let's be clear, but I, I do fear that's a possibility. Unfortunately, I would uh, agree with you, but hopefully not. Hopefully, like I said, it's just a, kind of spinning down into an endemic or spinning itself out into kind of an endemic as opposed to being the pandemic. So, but we'll kind of keep our eyes on that and see how things progress from there. Tom, I know how much you like your 3M Lipman core digital stethoscope, but our guest, he has one too. Isn't that right, Kevin? I used to have one. Well, this and, is going south. Okay. And, you gotta say, yeah, that's not yeah. the normal way to start off an advertisement <laughs> for how great this product is. So, but it is. So I, I have one and, and I don't work clinically anymore, but I had it as an educator. I was showing people and saying, oh my God, you, you got to get this stethoscope. It's amazing. But then I showed my mother-in-law and my mother-in-law is a respiratory therapist. And my mother-in-law was like, oh yeah, this is mine. I'm taking this. And then I ended up giving it to my mother-in-law because she is an RT. She's on the front lines. She's, you know, out there doing it every day. And she listened to it once and fell in love with the echo stethoscope. So yeah, which is definitely not hard to do because I mean, it's got the, you know, 40 time amplification. It's got noise cancellation It Bluetooth to your phone. And I agree. I've had people in the office that are healthcare providers and you let them listen to it once. And it's like, Oh wow, this is, Amazing. amazing. People are always shocked at at how much amplification is there and how you can hear everything. 
Oh, yeah. And my wife is a respiratory therapist. People that listen to the show know this. And I've already had to fight her off from getting one so or taking mine, I should say. So, yes, I couldn't agree more. It's really changed how I do my practice. I think anybody that uses this type of equipment, they need to get one. So if you want to find out more about the Echo stethoscopes that are good enough for mother-in-laws and wives, you can find out more about that at echohealth.com. It's ekohealth.com. Use code JSP. That gives you $50 off your order and lets them know that we sent you. Tom, CBD stat. I know that you're using that muscle rub. I'm using that muscle rub and it's the strongest on the market. And I can tell when I use it, it makes me feel great. You know, like I said, and I'm sticking to my guns, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm trying harder to stay in shape, but you know, aches and pains come with that. And this stuff really helps me out. And I, I totally appreciate it. Yeah, I uh, use it on my neck. I use it on my shoulders. My shoulder's been bothering me more recently. And of course, I use the oil to help me get a better night's sleep because I tend to have insomnia sometimes. I don't know why, but I do. So yeah, great products. They are all THC free. They're all made right here in the United States. And as Tom said, they're the strongest on the market, which is pretty amazing too. The other thing that is great about CBD Stat is they love their healthcare people. So if you are a healthcare person, they're going to give you a permanent 40% discount. That's a permanent 40% discount on your order. You go to cbstat.care slash healthcare, fill out that form. Once they approve you, then you get that permanent 40% discount. And if you're non-healthcare, CBD Stat still wants to show you that they love you too and are willing to give you 20% off for being a JSP listener. Just go to cbdstat.care and put in JSP... 20 and then they'll give you 20% off for being a listener and letting you know how much they think you're going to enjoy their product. CBDstat.care. So Kevin, getting back into our, our conversation with you, one of the things I found interesting whenever we got the opportunity to sit down and visit with you at PodCon was you have your master's in nursing, but it, you didn't go the nurse practitioner route. When I was doing my master's, there was essentially three kind of pathways. You either did the, the education, the leadership, or the practitioner. And, you know, now there's more and more options. And the practitioner, while, you know, parts of it really kind of appealed to me, other parts of it, not as much. And then, you know, what I found was either, what I found with the master's degree in my, you know, for research for me, was like, it's either it's a practitioner clinical, you know, degree or it's not. And if it's not, you know, whether it's education or, or leadership, it probably didn't matter much. So I did my MSN in leadership and found that as soon as I was ready, I had a, a before, I, before I even finished, I was offered a, a position teaching. And so I was like, okay, that kind of covers me for the, the, the teaching piece and ended up kind of as an educator anyway. <laughs> so. so was that your intention though? Is that what you wanted to go into or like, was that the plan? I, well, you know, the pl- I wasn't really sure what the plan was. The, the plan was probably more towards leadership, which is what I did before I got into education. And, and you know, the nice thing about the, the master's degree, just a general master's degree in nursing is the reality is you can do both. You can do education if that's kind of your background. Before I, if, while I was going to nursing school, I was a faculty member at a community college. So I had, you know, years of teaching experience under my belt. So it made it easy to potentially get a faculty position. But then I had, you know, years of leadership under my belt too. So leadership positions were a possibility too. So those were the the two kind of pathways I was looking at when I finished. 
you know, I always thought if I was going to do the practitioner route, like I thought I would probably do behavioral health practitioner. And, but, but even then the, that, you know, I just not the, the step that I ended up taking. Well, we know at least one uh, primary mental health nurse practitioner, and really he's a shady guy. I wouldn't trust him. I so bet. if I were you, I think you picked the right route. I would <sighs> definitely not be a mental health nurse practitioner there. Well, there's something wrong with him. So stop that. Eric is a great guy and he'll be on our show again soon. I'm sure. <laughs> so Kevin, can you tell us more kind of about your background before, like as you're getting your master's kind of what your background was? Yeah. So I, I started my career in, I started my career in healthcare as an EMT. So I worked at EMT, ended up working in the hospital as an EMT in a tech position, which was the coolest job ever. Cause you got to do all the really cool things that the nurses and doctors were doing with none of the responsibility. So it was super cool. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's a good hole. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Go. So when I was working as a tech, we got to do, we got to do IVs, blood draws, NG tubes, Foley's. And one of the coolest things that we got to do, I got to do a lot of suturing. We, at the, the time at our hospital, we taught our technicians to do the suturing because our physicians were just so busy. So we, we taught the techs to do the suturing and I'd spend, you know, the better part of a weekend, just sewing up stuff all weekend long at the hospital. And I was like, I loved it. It was great. And it was, it was the coolest job because we had all, we got to do all the cool things that the, all the cool hands-on skills, but we weren't ultimately responsible for the patient. We weren't ultimately really responsible for much, but what it did was it really kind of got me saying, okay, you know, I wasn't sure what my path was going to be. And then finally I was like, okay, I think, I think I'm going to be an ER nurse. So I went back to school, started teaching EMS just to be able to go back to school, started teaching EMS, was doing that part-time while I was going to school full-time and I went back, got my RN. I did it the hard way. I, I like to say I did the RN, then the BSN, then the MSN. And you know, each one is a step. So I, I worked in the ER, then did that for quite a while, became a supervisor in the emergency department, which I did that for a long time at a level one trauma center. And then jumped into a couple other things, did some leadership management as, a, as an ER director, worked as a director of a transfer center, which was a lot of fun. And then kind of started kind of going back the other way, realized that I, I still missed taking care of patients. So I went and became a house supervisor and did that for a little while. And then I ended up in an education role, which all throughout that time, I was doing education at least part-time. So all, through, all throughout, I was you know, still teaching on the side, doing some speaking and conferences and stuff. Teaching's always been a part of uh, who I am and what I do. So it, it, it continued throughout. So it's been good. So now the, the role I'm in now is, is a nursing professional development specialist, which is a I kind of joke with people saying it's a fancy way to say educator, but it's more system thinking. It's, you know, instead of being like focused on a department, focused on a service line, it's focused on the system for me for a service line. So what was the transition? At what point were you working as an ER nurse, which while I love what I do, I'm not going to lie. There's oftentimes I go, man, what I wouldn't give to be back and just start an IV just today, like, just, just let me go hang one bag of fluids, huh? You know, like, or when someone's like, oh, I'm going to go do an EKG. I'm like, man, I can do it in like 40 seconds. Like, Give me I got the stickers. Like, 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 I'm just shaking my, like, let's go. And so I, I do find myself and I, I find myself envious sometimes of people that get to work with ER nurses still. Cause I'm like, I love what I do and I love having my patients, but that urge, I don't know will ever go away. And I don't know that I ever wanted to, but I, it, it's still there. 
I always say you're once an ER nurse, always an ER nurse. So even yeah, when I wasn't true. an ER nurse. And uh, I think that's a hundred percent true. Well, even when I wasn't an ER nurse, you know, people would say, well, what kind of nurse are you? And that, you know, rather than say, well, I, you know, do you know, leadership and management and that kind of stuff. Cause you know, I just be like, I'm an ER nurse. Cause in my heart, that's, that's all kind of who I've always felt like I was. So it, it, you know, the transition from out of the ER was tough. And and then once I started kind of doing some other stuff, I went back to the ER part-time. <laughs> so I picked up a, a part-time gig, you know, even when I was working as a, a house supervisor, I picked up a part-time gig in the ER working, you know, one or two days a week, depending on the week. And just cause I missed being part of that part of the hospital. Now at, Totally get it. And hold on, because I, I started a tangent there. I didn't get that. So at what point during this leadership, education, being an ER nurse, did you decide, I want to add one more thing to my plate and I want to start doing a podcast? Like, how was that evolution? What happened? So before I became a nurse, I worked in a manufacturing plant. So I would sit and in, in solder on cell phone parts all night long. And the place had terrible radio reception. So I, I discovered podcasting and this is when podcasting was just really getting started. And I discovered podcasting and, and found that, you know, you can, you can download these radio shows essentially. And I fell in, I fell in love. I was like, this is cool. You know, there's a million different topics you can do with this. I really kind of got into it. And then for a long time, I was like, I'm going to start a podcast, but I, I never knew what I was going to start a podcast about. So I remember, you know, one time going on Amazon and getting all the stuff. I bought a microphone, bought the, you know, the windscreen and bought the, you know, figured out kind of a general idea, kind of how to do it, and got all that stuff. And it just kind of sat here in the box and didn't do anything with it. And then one day I was at a conference uh, in, in Chicago and I was there with a group of people from all over the world. And we were a bunch of ER nurses just kind of sitting and having dinner. And, and, you know, we started telling those stories, right. And that's, you know, it becomes those one upper stories like, Oh, you had this. Well, I had this. Well, that's nothing. I had this. And we were kind of telling those stories. And I was like, now that's a podcast I would listen. And that's what I did. I basically took ER nurse stories and, and turned it into a podcast. So I invite guests, I invite interesting emergency nurses uh, from all over the world and tell them to just kind of tell me stories about their ER, patients they've taken care of, things they've done, patients they've seen, patients they'll never forget. And it's been a blast. So how did you come up with the name? So the name, I actually have to credit a, a friend of mine who's an artist. So I, I came up with the idea of art of emergency nursing because I always thought like nursing is more than just a science. It's an art, right? Like I think everyone kind of says this and it's that human touch that we put in nursing. I thought of the idea of coming up with the art of emergency nursing. So I was like, okay, that I kind of like that name and, and what it implies. So then I asked a friend of mine who's an artist and I said, Hey, what, when I say art of emergency nursing, what do you think? Of? She's like, well, I think it's a dance. She's like, the art of emergency nursing is a dance. I go, what do you mean? It's a dance. She's like, it's a dance. She goes, everybody knows their part. She goes, think of a well-choreographed trauma code comes in. Everybody knows their part. They know their role. They're doing their steps. They are doing their thing. And everyone knows exactly what they're supposed to do. She's like, it's like a dance. And I was like, hmm, it's a dance. And it really kind of made me go, hmm, okay, I get that. And so that ended up becoming part of the logo and part of the album art. Was that, that concept of it's kind of a dance. If you watch a well-choreographed trauma that just goes well, it, you know, it feels like, you're, you're like everyone knows their role and they're just kind of doing their thing. 
and they kind of crisscross occasionally as needed. Everyone just kind of gets things done and gets the patient taken care of. But yeah, and often for the outsider, it looks like complete chaos, but yet to those of us who are well-versed in that and know what's going on and know the steps to the dance, it's, it is just perfectly choreographed. Yeah, that's kind of cool. When I was trying to decide what I wanted to be when I grew up, I was volunteering at a hospital in the radiology department because I thought I wanted to be an x-ray tech, right? And I realized that it was literally watching paper dry at the time. It was, you know, <laughs> like literally watching paper dry. And, but I, what I realized is every time there was a portable to be done in the, the emergency department, like that place was hopping. Like it was crazy there. One day we were going over to do a portable in the, the resuscitation room of the hospital. And we would go over to do a portable and, and the x-ray tech tells me to gown up, wear that leg gown. He's like, hold this guy up so I can take the film. And I was like, okay, fine. So I'm holding this guy up. He says, okay. He goes, okay, sir, take a breath. And the guy goes, ah, and he just wilts in my arms. Like I'm sitting there going, hey. Something's not right. <laughs> I go, hey, man, I don't think he's breathing. He goes, well, did you tell him to exhale? No, I didn't do that. And sure enough, you know, the team comes back in because, of course, x-ray comes. Everybody runs out, right? And they're going to run the other way. So they come back in. We're like, hey, this guy's not breathing. And, and the team comes back in. And they start resuscitating, they go to start resuscitating. The guy's a DNR. So I noticed they're, they're doing things, but they're not rushed. They're not crazy. They're like, okay, let's check a pulse. See if he's got a pulse. He doesn't have a pulse. Okay, let's just kind of stand by, go get his wife. And they bring his wife in and they're kind of doing stuff, but they're not hurried. They're not acting like there's a dead guy right there, right? And I didn't understand what I was seeing. So then afterwards, I was like, Okay. And one of the doctors like kind of grabs me and goes, dude, I, cause I was wearing the little volunteer shirt. Right. And he's like, Oh, he's like, you're, you're a volunteer. Like this is probably a little weird for you. And I'm like, it's a little weird, dude. They're like, well, he's what we call do not resuscitate. Do you understand what that means? And I did as an EMT though. I hadn't, hadn't worked yet. And I was like, yeah, I understand what that means. And then he was kind of telling me about, you know, these are his wishes. We're going to respect his wishes and we're just going to make sure he's comfortable. And then we start taking care of the wife. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And just their ability to handle that chaos and those life and death situations and be like, I was like, that's kind of cool. So I was hooked. So one thing, you know, we talked about education. You're an educator. I know Ben's an educator. Whenever I have taught a new person in the field. Now, granted, if you came from another ER, I didn't really break down a lot of stuff. It was more, I had to show you where stuff was, not what to do. But if you were a fresh, which didn't happen a lot in the ERs I was in, but sometimes, you know, one wiggled through or they came from the floor after a year, there's always like one rule. Somebody like when they have a student, like this is your one rule. I had it when I had police officers. I had it when I had nurses. You teach them this I don't care if you learn anything else. Okay. This is that thing that you're going to remember when you're with me. What's your one rule when you teach somebody when they're coming to the ER and it doesn't have to be a specific one. I'm just saying like, like what is that base foundation knowledge that they have to know before they can build anything else? I, I think the, the one thing I would probably try to get across more than anything else is like, it's not about you. It's all about the patient. Like, you know, you're getting paid to be there. It's all about the patient. Make everything about the patient. Make your choices about the patient. 
And then you just can't go wrong. Like, it's not about me. Nobody cares about me. Let's look after this patient. And it's that one patient who's in front of you right now. Not the 10 in the waiting room, not the full house you have. It's that one patient. And if you can bring it down to that and make that person feel like they're the only person that matters in the world, dude, they're going to love you. So I had a preceptor when I first started brand new green as hell ER nurse named Kevin and he had a patient's family that was upset. And so I was kind of standing there listening to him and what he told them resonated with me and this, because we're talking, this was, oh gosh, 15 years ago now, probably. And it still resonates with me is, you know, because they didn't feel like we were moving fast enough or they didn't feel like things were progressing the way that they should. And he told him, you know, he said, sir, I understand this is your emergency. And this may be the, you know, like the worst day that, that is going on for you. But for us, this is just another day at the office. This is what we do every single day. So yes, we're not running around here like chickens with their heads cut off because for us, this is just a day at the office. And that was like, like the light bulb just went off. Like that makes total sense. Like for us, this is, this is what we do. Honestly, what you two just said, it, it must be a foundational thing in ERs because the one thing I would tell, and really it was two things, but one kind of transitioned both law enforcement and this, which was, I used a different phrase. I said, dominate your space, which means the three feet, the three feet around you. Right. And it kind of goes back to that one patient. I don't care about anything else. If it's in my bubble, that's what I have to care about, especially in emergency. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of what it all broke here. down to. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. If I, can't touch it. I don't care. Okay. You have to focus on what is directly in front of you. And that's all that should matter. And I think that must be because we all just basically said the same thing, but in a different way. And that's, you know, like dominate your space. And again, it was different in law enforcement, but it transitioned really well. And the second thing was also what kind of Ben alluded to was it's not your emergency. Like, I know you want to be nervous, you know, because that person's not breathing. I know you want to be nervous because they don't have a pulse. You will walk home and that's not to teach them to be callous. It was to teach them. You have to focus. You're not the one not breathing. Okay. You have to focus on this person and do what you can to get them alive. And that's how you get through the day. So I just find it interesting. Three different people that have never talked about this before. Well, Ben and I a little bit, but not specifically just had the same story. And so do you think, Kevin, that that's an ER thing or do you think that's a nursing thing? I, I think it's a nursing thing, but I think it's it probably is more an ER nursing thing. So one of the things I've found is I've met ER nurses from around the world. I've had, you know, through my podcast, I've had the opportunity to talk to people from all over the world. And what I find is like, everyone's got kind of the same stories. Everyone's got kind of the same, you know, what I find is my my colleagues who are living in the Netherlands or my colleagues who who are from Australia, like they're like me. They're people like me. They get me. They understand me. And and you know we can get along great because you know we have you know we have that shared experience and we probably think a lot alike. Like I think the like the three of us like we kind of hit it off when we met because I was like you guys think like I do. Yeah. Like it's like a unwritten. I don't want to say brotherhood because I don't want to. I don't want to be sexist. But oh I mean, boy, good uh, lord! Yeah. No, it's a uh, and, and we're yeah. outnumbered. Like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah we're six percent of the workforce. Ben, way to go! It, it's but it's, it is. It's like an unwritten club that not everybody gets access to. 
but but have you noticed how like it, I don't know if it, this it's like this for you guys, but like I have I have friends from all over the world, and I know ER nurses from all over the world, and my ER nurse friends like they get me, they understand. Yeah. No, that's 100%. like if I like if I say something, I do something like where someone else might be like, oh. my ER nurse are like, got you. Gotcha. I know what you're thinking. I can tell you right now, Kevin, one of the other NPs in my office is a former ER nurse, but some of them aren't. And the ones that are ER nurses, like you can just see us sometimes we're talking, we just look at each other and we're like, okay, I already know what the answer to my question is. Like, I literally don't have to go further. Like I know what we're going to be doing. So yeah, you're yeah like, I, th- I think it is. Yeah. It's, it's like that. It's like that little side look you give you're like, yeah, you know, what's about to happen, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It's gone, right? Like, yeah, exactly. So how far away have like what's your farthest interview e that you've had? Gosh, I it did a for International Nurses Week. I, I I interviewed seven or eight people from around the world. So Australia, Netherlands, the one that probably got me like the most pumped, and the one that kind of sparked the idea for it was a woman from Jerusalem who listened to the podcast and she's like, Hey, I listen to your podcast, I love it. And I'm like going what's a woman from Jerusalem listening to my podcast for? And, and she's like, I'm an ER nurse. And I'm like, and she's like, it's the same here. And I'm like, how cool is that? Uh, I got an interview scheduled uh, next month with a guy from Nepal who's a, a flight medic in Nepal. So the, you know, there's, it's kind of funny. Nurses from all over the world. We're just the same. I'm just like mind blown. Cause I'm thinking of a guy in Nepal in a helicopter going, you know, that's Everest, right? We got to go up Everest to get this guy. Like, like I just had this whole little movie seed. So yeah, you're going to have to ask. Well, yeah, this guy, that guy, this guy's got to be a stud. Like he's, he's got to be a stud. Yeah. So. He's in Nepal flight nursing, like the thinnest air possible. Like, is there anything for that rotor to grab even? I don't know. You're going to have to ask this guy. I don't even know. So, so yeah, I've, I've been lucky enough that I've, I've been able to interview people from all over the world and, and one, you know, one led to the next. So I, I interviewed one and they're like, oh, I have this really great friend who's part of our international community who's here. And I was like, well, let's talk to them too. And I've had the chance to make friends with people from all over the world. Well, and I think your podcast and another podcast that we used to listen to and she's been on our show several times, Christine, uh, from oh. Antidote Stories in Medicine. Mm-hmm. You Love guys have podcast. those podcasts that just resonate with people because... It, it shows the human side of what we do, but then you also appeal to people who want to tell their stories. So it, it just, it's a very cool aspect. One of the, one of the coolest compliments that I got about the podcast was, you know, this woman, I was at a conference and I, I ran into this woman. She goes, Oh, you're Kevin. And I was like, uh, yep. And she's like, I, I love your podcast. She goes, I know you don't know me. And I know this is creepy, but I feel like we're best friends. And I was like, how cool is that? Right. That, that like, here's this woman I've never met lives across the country, but she feels like we're best friends because she listens to the podcast. And I'm like, that's super cool. It, it was, it really made me, you know, podcasting is hard. Y'all people who aren't podcasters don't know that this is a lot of work, but it makes it all worth it when you're like going, okay, we're making a difference. We're doing some stuff. Yeah. I think for us, it's been, and I'm going to speak for Tom because, well, I can. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, I think for us, it was just the watching the growth. And then you, you, we don't get a lot of feedback, but when you do get feedback, it's like, this is really amazing that there are people that 
feel so compelled to oh, well, like Amber that was on our the, the MP student. She literally just reached out to us and said, hey, you know, I'm an MP student. I love the show. And they were like, well, why don't you come on? And it, it's just so interesting that people feel this connection with you because they listen to you every week. I, I think for me, one of the latest was somebody wrote a blog about us. We, we don't know this person. We've never talked to them. Nothing. But they were like, if you're a nurse practitioner, this is a show you need to listen to. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that is fantastic. It also, I'm not going to lie, weirds me out in a good way. But it just was like, someone is listening to me and going, that's a great idea. And I'm like, I wouldn't listen to me. That's terrible. I, you know, but these other people, they do that. And I also see it across the world. Like I'm going in my head, who is in Paraguay listening to me? Like what is going on? That they are in that dire of a straits. I, I don't so, know, but I don't I don't know about you guys, but as a new podcaster, like I was obsessed with the numbers, right? Like you're looking every day going, how many downloads did we get today? How many downloads did this episode get? And the whole time, you know, like I start seeing like one of my first reviews on my podcast and 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 podcast listeners, nothing makes podcasters happy, like ratings and reviews. So leave a rating and review for this podcast. But when you do leave a rating and review, like my, one of my first reviews was from some woman in Australia. And I was like, I, I don't even know anybody in Australia. I, okay. I knew one person, in, two people in Australia, but I was like, how cool is this? Like, here's me, some dumb guy from Texas. And I got someone in Australia listening to me and, and that's the power of podcasting. And that's just kind of cool. When we ended up with a bunch of Norwegian scientists in Antarctica, I started with one, but I guess the other ones listen to us now, but still like we're in Antarctica, like people that are trapped in a snowstorm go, well, I got nothing else to do. Let's listen to Ben and Tom. I'm like, wow, that is just fantastic for all the wrong and right reasons to me. Like, this is just amazing. It's kind of cool. And it's kind of humbling, right? Like it's, you, you kind of realize like, Oh yeah. It's, it's humbling that you're like, wow, you know, what you say really makes a difference. And, and, you know, when you get those reviews and someone's like, oh, that's really, you know, this episode meant a lot to me because it's really hit home for whatever reason. And you're like going, oh, that's really cool. I, when you said about the numbers, I actually think I kind of, I had to force myself. I have a very overthinking personality. Like I will latch onto something like a steel trap and not always for good things. Like, you know, anxiety and depression can, you know, work for or against you, you know? And so I tried to purposely tell myself I wasn't doing the show for them. I was doing the show for Ben and I, like we were having a good time. I didn't care if three people listened. I wanted to do the show, but that humbling experience did come along. It came, you know, I don't know when there wasn't a specific day, oh, but, there was a, but there was a date and time when all of a sudden I was like, I, and I still say, fuck, I don't care. Like, I, I don't mean that. I mean, the intent of the language, not the language itself. I realized not that I had ever been just willy nilly with it prior, but I really started to go, I need to be aware of what I'm doing now. I can still say what I want, but where I'm going with it needs to have a purpose. And I, I think that is something that has been refined at JSP over time is the mission before was just to have a great time. It's still did great, have a great time, but now we want to have guests like you on that can go, what can we do to make our profession better? This person. And we have that voice now to make this possible. And I, that is a humbling thought and feeling. 
Isn't that kind of cool? You know, one of the things that one, one of the people who reached out to me, we met at a conference and she was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm meeting you. It was treating me like a celebrity. I'm like, dude, like I am not a celebrity. But um, I totally am. So <laughs> but, but, I've met Kevin. He's a celebrity. Don't let him fool you. When we talked, she was like, I listened to you in the car with my kids. And I was like, oh my God, like sometimes I say bad words. And she's like, yeah, we've said that Kevin says those words. Doesn't mean we say those words. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And then what, the one that really made me go mind blown. I get, there's a woman who listens to the podcast, who's a nun and she listens to the podcast. She's a nun and a nurse and, and she listens to the podcast. And I'm like, what are you doing listening to my podcast? And she's like, I love your podcast. And I was like, well, tell like, sister, like, we want her to mouth. love our podcast. Like, Hey, right. I want a nun. So it's, come on, man. I'm like, so, so I ended up interviewing her for the podcast and, and she was hilarious. She was hilarious. And, and, you know, she was like, she goes, oh, she goes, don't think I don't sometimes want to say bad words. Sometimes in traffic, I really want to say bad words. And I was like, I think for us that like, like, well, like Tom was saying, well, I don't know the specific date. Or, you know. I know what you're about to say. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. I just know what you're about to say. Do you? We'll see. It was like a married couple these two. And telling you what, yeah, it really is. I'm Nurse Liz on YouTube. So a couple of years ago, it was probably 2019, I think it was when it was, that she put out a video that was like five podcasts that she listens to, like five healthcare podcasts. And I don't know how I'd stumbled across her. Anyway, I mean, but like watching her video and she mentioned our show. Yeah, and we're like, I, like I screenshotted it and I sent it to Tom. I'm like, holy shit. Like this person who I considered famous because, you know, she's got thousands and, or, you know, hundreds of thousands of subscribers on YouTube listens to Tom and I, it was very weird. I mean, it really was. And now it's still surreal because we have a friendship and it's just, it's very odd. It, it's surreal, I guess is the best way to, to word it. Ben and I, not that long ago, were like, you realize, like, I have her phone number. Like, I could text her right now. I could just text her a meme that has nothing to do with anything. Now, she might block my number after that. But still, but yeah. I know that person on a level that I could send her, you know, just a hi. And she'll be like, what do you want? I'm like, nothing. I just want to be like, cool. But I, it is definitely, like you said, it's this overall sense. I, I think of a, like, boy, without sounding really bad here like purpose like i feel like there's a bigger we can do more as we gain more and i hope we are fulfilling our end of the bargain i guess yeah, is also it, it, it's kind of cool when you realize so so it's happened to me a few times and i'm sure it's happened to you guys too where you realize like so for instance we were i was doing some onboarding with some brand new nurses and one of the nurses goes oh i know you i listen to your podcast and i was all okay Let's move on. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and we were, and we were, at, there was another time we were doing a, we were doing an information session for our new grad program. And I was on the conference call and we had like, I don't know, like 600 new grads on this conference call. And we, it was me and the residency program director. And then a couple other, my team, and then the HR person who was kind of running it. And somebody put in the chat, they're like, oh, hey, Kevin, I love your podcast. And then like everyone's stuff in the HR guy goes, you have a podcast? And I was like, 
Yeah. And I was like trying to like, I try to keep it kind of low key at work. I'm like, yeah. Cause, cause my podcast isn't for everybody. Right. Like you're like going, there's people I work with that I would be like, my podcast is not for you. Right. Like, I'd be like, no way too sweary. No, I can't, can't, can't listen to my podcast. So I try to be kind of low key about it, but someone was like, Hey, I love your podcast. And they were like, wait, you have a podcast? And I was all, yeah. And, <laughs> and then the next thing, you know, she's like, Hey, can we do an article on the, for the newsletter for the hospital about you and your podcast? And I was like, it's kind of not for everybody, but it, and it's one of those things where, you know, like, like the, the big kid in you kind of giggles and you're like, someone kind of recognizes me. That's kind of cool. And, and the same thing, you know, there's ER nurses in the ER nurse space who are kind of what I call nurse famous that, you know, you're like, you know, people that everyone recognizes. And one of them, you know, not that long ago, goes, Hey, you know, they recognize me from your pot, from your podcast, Kevin. And I was like going, they recognize you from my podcast when you're the famous one. That's kind of something. So, no, I've never had something that cool happen to me yet. It will. So. It will. Oh, it will. When I grow up, I'll. I'll be. Ah, it will. Cause, <laughs> well, cause you, you never know who your podcast is going to reach, right? Like, I thought it was going to be like me and my wife and my dogs listening. That's right? what we thought yeah. too. Yeah, and and right? honestly, yeah, and that's been the running joke for how long is all oh, for the six people listening. You know, because yeah. <laughs> like, in the beginning, but it then, was six people. Yeah. It, but then eventually, you know, things kind of take hold. And then next thing you know, you got some numbers and you're like, oh, all right, this is, you know. And and then what I always, you know, whenever I see my reach and see you're like going, how would a nurse in the Philippines ever hear of Kevin here in Texas? Right. Like that wouldn't happen. But, you know. Sure enough, you get a you know friend request from somebody who, who loves the show from the Philippines. I'm like, all right, awesome. I, I was laughing during you talking about being recognized at work and you know, your, your show's not for everybody and it's too swearing. I've heard that story before from my co-host, literally almost word for word. Right, but I mean, you think about it, and everyone at work, everyone I work with knows what I do and they know that this is, you know, this is something I do, but you know, not everybody outside my, my immediate sphere, like my work family, not everyone knows. And then every now and then, you know, you're like, someone be like, Oh, well, it's Kevin. He's, you know, and you know, someone will be like, Hey, I love your podcast. And you're like, and they're like, you have a podcast. And I was like, yeah. And I, I try to play it low key and like, yeah. Yeah, just nothing major. Yeah, just small, small, small. It, but it. I know I'm going to have several coworkers that listen to my podcast now. You know, it is kind of also. I I don't know. I'm happy. It's like, oh, so you want to be part of my life? Like this is the part of my life away from work, and they're involving themselves in it, and so that makes me very happy. But it also makes me cautious because, like you said, this isn't for everybody. I'm going to say things in here that you don't hear at work and I don't know how that's always going to mesh. Yeah. I mean, you know, and one of the things I have to be real careful of is I, you know, I, my podcast, you know, is for emergency nurses and, and I'm involved with emergency nursing at work. So like I have these brand new grads. So I find myself in this place where I have these brand new grads who like, I think would value from the podcast, but yet I don't want to be like, Hey, you should listen to my podcast. Cause that seems a little, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing. I never want anyone to ever misunderstand 
anything I might say as promotion. So I just do not mention if somebody else wants to talk about my podcast or they want to ask me a question. Absolutely. I'll talk to you about it all day, but I don't want to bring it. Yeah, up. I'm not going to be the one bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring it up. The only people that I still promote to shout out to Lawrence, by the way, <laughs> yeah. I know you're listening Shout out to the drug reps. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, it, it's kind of cool. You know, it, you know, and what's going to happen to you guys, you guys are going to go to some NP conference somewhere and people are going to be like, dude, love your podcast. And they're like, they're like, Oh, someone's going to be, you know, what's going to happen. Someone's going to say, Oh, let me take a picture with you guys. And you guys can be like, who with us? Yeah. Yeah. That's totally weird. Yeah. Well, that happens to me all the time just based on my looks, Kevin. I can uh, point, good point. realistically, I, I can barely I, move. I have that. I have that picture. I, I have that picture. <laughs> I have that picture of you and me and, and the three of us. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So, I'm just, Tom's a beautiful I, I co-host. So I, I well, am what a beautiful co-host. What I liked about you guys is I was finally like I found some guys my size. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not known for my daintiness, so yeah, no, no I, I know you me think, either. but me, either. Yeah. so well, it's, it, but it's, it's cool. It's a lot. It's been it's been a hoot. It's been a lot of fun, and yeah, I mean, and what a cool way to just make a, a small difference in your profession, and and like, isn't that what everybody really wants anyway? Just to make a small difference. If somebody says they change their practice or they change what they do because of what you guys did, that's freaking awesome that would that would make everything worth it like there are times i love what i do but there are days where i'm like oh i really don't want to do something right now and and that's okay that's like with everything else but like you said if even one person says you guys are the most okayest podcast i've ever heard which is an actual review we got that's yes by the way we made it into a t-shirt that's our favorite one so after that i I was like Yes. So that really made it worth it all is when you hear you're the most okayest to just one person. So there it is. One of the things that I found that was kind of cool is when, when I went from, when I went from being more of a, you know, when I went from going out and soliciting guests to people saying, Hey, you should talk to so-and-so you should talk to so-and-so, you know, who'd be a great guest in your podcast, so-and-so. And, and and when people started, kind of a who's who of, of the emergency nursing association when they were kind of going, Hey, you should talk to so-and-so. And they're like, Hey, do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? And I was kind of going, okay, I guess this thing's got some legs. Like this is. So very recently, and I don't, Ben, you can edit this out if you want, but we had a guest sign up on our show and we, we were like, what? Like people were flocking to us. Like, Hey, we want to come on your show. And like you said, that was definitely for me, one of the turning points, like it went from, Hey, maybe somebody will answer an email <laughs> and we'll have a guest to, we have people asking us like, Hey, I want to come on your show. And that was definitely a, a, a game changer for me. The, the awkward part though, is when, you know, people are like, Hey, you should have me as a guest on your podcast. And you're like, no, cause I don't even like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy that year. So busy. I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Or if you ever have a podcast guest, it's just like a complete dud. You had that happen yet? No, I have a co-host. It's like that, but I mean, (laughs) yeah, it depends on the day you get. I had one guest that like, I thought was just going to be just awesome. Just not get, I know they have great stories and they just weren't feeling it that day. They were just like, no, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, so, okay. So do you just have them come back or do you go, maybe we're just not going to mesh? 
uh, for the one I, I just said, hey, let's redo this again sometime. Let's, you know, okay. this, the, the energy is just I, not quite right. Let's just I do th- it again sometime. I think that's the go-to. I, I would say, honestly, between the two of us, we can find a way to get someone to talk usually. Very rarely, maybe once or twice, there's been a guest where I just was like, okay, this just isn't go. Like, I'm doing my job. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to get good information. But I was like, this is just not, it wasn't fun for me. And I, I, didn't want that to come across, but I was also like, this is not fun. Like I didn't, you know, the, the I had, it was a good time as far as information. I think good, you know, a good discussion had, but they, we just didn't click. And so it, it makes that discussion hard. One of the, one of the most awkward ones I had is I, I was interviewing a guy and there's a guy I knew and I've worked with and he was telling a story and I know this story was bullshit. Like I know <laughs> 110%, like he was absolutely not telling the truth. He was telling somebody else's story. And I happened to know, and, and I was kind of surprised he was telling me this. Cause I'm like going, dude, I was there. Like, like I, I was I, there. You weren't there. <laughs> I know this. I know the story and not that I was there when it happened, but I like, like, I know this story. <laughs> He's like, and, and then I cracked the chest and I was massaging the heart. No, you didn't. Massaging the heart. <laughs> You're like, no, you were <laughs> passing out in the back. And I was kind of going, huh? That's interesting. And you know, he told a lot of great stories and he, it was a, it, it is a great episode. It, the, the podcast episode is out. He did a great job, but there is, you know, that one story I just, I can't include. Cause I was like, I know that's not your story. My dog's getting ready to bark here in just a second. But I, like, I was like, I know that's not your story. And I was like, how do you know, not know that I know that. On a, on a show dedicated to stories from ER nurses, that would be an awkward situation. It so. was an awkward situation. It was an awkward situation. And you know, a lot of great stories. Are they true? I don't know. Are all my stories true? I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's kind of like fish stories. I mean, you know, you, the more you tell them, the, the bigger they get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm always the hero. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, right. It's well, it, that's just because I'm always the hero. I don't know what else to do, right? Kevin. I mean, it's, it's just with, is what it is. When you're, it's, it's almost a curse being this good is I the problem. Agreed. And, and this good looking and good <laughs> yes, looking while doing it. I just, right? I, I don't know how I bear this burden for the world. And I, the weird part is nobody else has noticed. <laughs> okay. So that's the real conundrum here, Kevin. It's, it's weird. How come that nobody happen? else? Yeah. It's, it's really so, a loss. I hope the video gets pulled of me rolling my eyes there. Um, <laughs> well, Kevin, let's uh, wrap up this show with the segment that we do with all of our guests and that is five questions join us on a journey into the inner psyche of our guests as we ask five 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 questions so we ask the same five questions to all of our guests it just lets us know a little bit more about you i ask the questions tom makes fun of your answers so kevin question Hold one on. Was that a Whataburger cup? A Smashburger. Okay. I don't know anything about Smashburger. I just know he's a huge Whataburger fan. So I wanted to, I wanted to cause, I wanted to cause, I wanted to cause a problem. Just saying the uh, word made me go. Oh. I mean, it's, it's a Texas thing. So you're supposed to like, like living in Texas, I think by law, you're supposed to like Whataburger. Yeah. You have to buy like once a week. I'm no, not, I'm just don't, don't, uh, <laughs> don't, don't say not it. Not a huge fan. Like it, it's it, like every time I go, I think to myself, I could have had anything else. <laughs> now, if you, if you guys have a smash burger around you, smash burger, pretty good. I, neither. So there pretty you good. go. Yeah, not bad. 
So now yeah. Ben wants to make fun <laughs> of your answers. Ben's <laughs> so, so, like, all right, fuck this guy. We're done. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, this. yeah. Here it comes. Like, Captain out. Bitchface is coming out. Here Question one Why are you an asshole that hates Whataburger? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, question, started, uh, no. <laughs> question one, Kevin, what is your favorite medical word? Weenus. <laughs> okay. So how did weenus become your favorite medical word? Or just because it's weenus? Because it's weenus. It's, we- it's, it's one of those words that sounds dirty, but really isn't. So, You're out there just showing off your weenus. Showing and, off my yeah. weenus. Yeah. You know what? Just for the classic awesomeness of that answer, that's a go. There you go. Okay. Yeah, okay. Either, yeah. And and the other word I think is really cool. Oh, what's that? Uh, oh yeah. I, I was thinking this. I was listening to your podcast. And I was like, I dementia. Dementia. Well. Yeah. <laughs> that explains yeah. not like a Whataburger. See now. Get a, little, get a little close to home there, my friend. Get a little close to home. <laughs> uh, I, I think of it. There's another word that I was like, oh, what's there? There's a really great word like that. Was, uh, gone. Forgetful. <laughs> That's the word. Stop it. Question two, Kevin. If you could do. Any job in the world other than what you currently do, what would it be? I think I would love to. What would I do? I was just gonna say, here's what I love about this. I'm giving you some time to think. Kevin's listened to the show. I know he, he knows the questions, and yet when you're in that hot seat, you're immediately go. I, I forgot gone. everything I was gonna talk about. Yeah, yeah, brain's gone. I think I, I would make a great ballerina. Make a great ballerina. I would say, I, you know, I, I think if if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I think one of the things I think would be really cool is just anything education. Like I love speaking. I love. Yeah, in another world, that probably would have been a preacher. So I could just, yeah, I love to just get up in front of a crowd and just talk to folks. See, if you had said preacher, I could have gave you this, but you said teacher, and you're basically a teacher now. Oh, that's, that's a stamped on a... bullshit answer. Yeah, that's a class one horseshit right there, Kevin. I mean, not that I don't think you're a great teacher. I think Kevin's just got that voice. Like when he starts talking, I want to listen to him, right? You have the voice I wish I had. You have that. Yeah, you just get my wife to listen. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody can do that. I can't do that. I I look, I'm not God. Okay. I mean, I get mistaken for him all the time, but no, I can't make your wife listen to you. But what I was gonna say is ultimately that's no, we can't accept that answer. I'm sorry. You are basically a teacher now. You can't be a teacher in the answer. Gonna gonna need another answer, sir. Or it's gonna be stuck as ballerina for eternity. Ballerina's not bad. Ballerina's not bad. Oh man, God! This Jeez. is great. Um, Fuck this, this guy! Hard. It's ballerina. Move on. Like, there you go. There you go. I'm, I'm tired. Tired of this shit. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Here's one that you'd relate to. I just thought being a cop would be kind of cool. Like I, I can see, I can see myself being a cop. You know, I honestly was like, I think preacher. You know, but cop. Preacher, cop. So here's the thing. I think the personality that goes with a nurse. I think you would be a good cop. It's all um, the same, right? Like we're like brothers from another mother. Yeah, it, it very much is. The difference is, is that, you know, earlier when I said I would teach new ER nurses, this is not your emergency. You have got to stay calm. You've got to focus on your job. It's the direct opposite. When I was teaching rookie police, I was like, no, fuck face. This is your emergency. That guy is shooting at you. Okay, so this is a completely different emergency. You need to be aware of what's going on around you. So, yeah, it's very much the same in, in a lot of facets, but not all of them. And so I think there is a good transition, though. People hardly ever shoot at nurses, but, you know, <laughs> well, I, the joke used to be, yeah, the joke used to be when people were like, why did you go from being a police officer to an ER nurse? I was like, because I got to wear pajamas and no one tried to stab me. Well, 
unfortunately, the stabbing part is uh, still now a, a little Possible. worse. But yeah. yeah, but that's but no, I think that's a I think that's a good call. So I think we can All accept right. that one, Ben. All right. All right. We'll accept that one. So yeah, right? question three. This one shouldn't be as hard. Think back to your first car. A stylish ride or a rolling turd? Rolling turd. <laughs> rolling okay. turd. Like 100%. Was it? it was a $500 Ford Maverick, and it was bright orange. Ooh. What year? 74. Oh, God. 74 Ford <laughs> Maverick. Like birth control on wheels, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, that is... It was, that is rough. My my friends always joke. They're like, it's not a lemon. It's an orange. Yeah. Cause it was like this bright orange, but you know what? It was in perfect shape when I got it and it ran like a top for a really long time. Well, you know what? I, so then what made it a turd? Just cause it was a Ford Maverick was that a, was bright orange. It was a bright orange Ford Maverick. Well, okay. You win. I, I gotta be honest. He, he did try to polish the turd a little bit did you know? bit. like it yeah. worked it was a great working order and because we've had other people that are like yeah i had to use a coat hanger for a door handle oh my like, god <laughs> damn that is a turd you know? <laughs> but, yeah. no so like mechanically it was okay for a long time and like it was you know aesthetically it, it was an assault on your eyeballs it was an assault on your eyeballs it was doing nothing as you're driving down the road yeah it was yeah. safety orange the hard part was i used to get pulled over by the cops all the time so what did you name the car? It didn't, you know, the car didn't have a name. Ooh. Wow. I'm surprised you even remember it. Your first yeah. car and you didn't name first it? First car I didn't name it, no. That's a bad omen, Kevin. I don't, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's written down somewhere. There's like a Dead Sea Scroll or something that says, talks about this. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, it's absolutely. Question four, Kevin. If your house is on fire, everyone, including your pets, are safe. Other than pictures, what's the one thing you want to get out of your house? I would get my hard drive, right? Like my, my portable hard drive. That's got a lot of shit on it. It's got a lot of, lot of stuff to be hard to replace. So now th- this is a good question, or I mean, a good answer. I don't ben. tell my I wife like this. that this answer. My wife cannot listen to this episode because there's about a hundred things she would prioritize before that. So hold on. Your wife listens to your podcast. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, was, that's yeah. why I could say whatever I want. I could come on the air and say, I was dating Tyra Banks. Okay. Like, well, first I can off, talk no about anything. That, but. Well, nobody would believe that, including Tyra Banks. But the point is, she I can say is. anything. Yeah, she doesn't know. She's been on the podcast with me, and I don't think she listened to that episode, for God's sake. So, yeah, I can do whatever I want. You know, what's interesting is my wife has a podcast, too. I don't know if I ever told you guys this. My wife's got a podcast. No. No, but oh. now I kind of want to interview. <laughs> my, my, my wife has a podcast. It's totally not related to anything I do. But she seen me doing this and she's like, that sounds like a lot of fun. I think I want to do one too. So she's well, got a podcast. Okay, hold on. Plug it. Plug Come it, on, man. She has a podcast called Pre to Post Transplant. She's a transplant patient. So she interviews transplant patients. Wow. It's kind of cool. Like she's got the most interesting guests that any of us have ever had. She has a guy who got a face transplant. It's got a brand new face. Yeah, wow. I, right? It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Wow. Just so, go to the next goddamn question. Okay. I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah. At the end though, you have got, you got to add her show to the show notes, man. We got to, yeah, that is a cool yeah. show. It's it's kind of cool. She, it's a, it's a whole, yeah. She's seen me doing it and she's like, Hey, that kind of looks like fun. I think I'm going to do that. Or she looked at it and said, well, if he can do it. Yeah. Like if that dope can do it. 
that guy can do it. I, I mean, I what's what's really this hard if he's doing it? I can do yeah, this. like he's smart enough to figure it out. I can easily do this. All right, question five, Kevin. You have nine dollars and eighteen cents in your pocket. You're at Whataburger. What? <laughs> I get water and I leave. So. Shut up, Tom. So you have nine dollars eighteen cents in your pocket. You're at a gas station or a convenience store. What all do you buy? Oh, might go to road trip snacks. Well, I'm, I'm supposed to be dieting, so I'm not supposed to get any of this stuff. First your, of all, your wife's not listening. Nope. We're okay. Yeah, nobody's yeah. listening. Good, good. So the drink of choice, the drug of choice is Diet Mountain Dew. Got to get Diet Mountain Dew. Okay. And then probably going to get some, you know, maybe a salty snack. Okay. Like maybe some like combos are good. Combos are excellent, especially since I like this. He prefaced, all right, road trip. So we know where we're going and I can, we can bundle these You're decisions. I like this. You're and if I was a good podcaster, I wouldn't have hit my mic right there, but I'm not. So I'm not worried about it. So we have got Wait. pop. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. In solidarity, Kevin. That's just really loud. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So we got combos. What flavor combos? I usually go with the pizza ones. All right. All right. I like this. So so we're talking, you got a couple bucks left, Kevin. Yeah. You can say you got at least four bucks left. So then I got to go with my go-to snack of choice, peanut butter M&M's. I like like it. I like that. Uh, Yes. Okay. You know what? I mean, you don't get a a body like this getting a salad, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a rabbit. I don't need lettuce. So, all right. I like this. Combos. Peanut butter M and M's, a Diet Mountain Dew. No, like, I think that's like, I think that's all good. that fatty stuff, and then a Diet Mountain Dew. Way to go, fatty! Well, you no, gotta no, you I, know, I, gotta bounce. Yeah, out. you gotta cut out that sugar somewhere, right? Yeah. So it's about balance. Yeah, I like it. No, that's much better. Usually we have people that are like, I like sugar-free gum and water. I'm like, you better get the fuck off my show. There's no way I'm accepting that answer. (laughs) Wrong answer. Yeah, exactly. Wrong answer. No. Okay. No, I like that. I like that. That's a good setup. I was really waiting for you though. I, I have never spent a lot of time in Texas. I have been there once. It's gonna okay. be a doc- I've flown in and out of it. I was expecting two things. Okay. I was expecting one Dr. Pepper and I was going to have to call you communist. The second thing was going to be everybody I know that has been or spent time in Texas. They always say some word or some kind of candy that has some weird name. That's nowhere else. So I was Beaver waiting nuggets. for you to be like, Beaver what? Nuggets. Beaver See, nuggets? that's what I'm saying. See, from, okay. From that's what I was waiting. Yeah, I was waiting for you to be like, you got to go over there and get some tiddlywinks and the, the beaver nuggets. And I'm like, what the hell is this yokel saying to me? So right. When I see you guys in Austin, right? Austin? Correct. Yeah. We're going to, I'm going to have some beaver nuggets for you. It's going to change your life. What the hell is a beaver nugget? A beaver nugget tastes like can't, it's like candied crack. <laughs> no, hold, hold on one second. Oh, so, okay. Tom, He's going to prove it. <laughs> so, Tom, when we go to Texas in September, we've got okay. to go to a Bucky's. Which okay. is just, it's a gas station, but it is the most amazing gas station you've ever. It's like a Walmart gas station. Their bathrooms are like thrones. I mean, it's just, it is amazing. I love Bucky's. They should not a sponsor, this, but they could be. <laughs> Call us. I mean, <laughs> dear Bucky's, I want to eat some of your nuggets. I don't know what I just said. Okay. But no, it's like, it's, so it's a gas station, but then they have like a, deli section they have like like a, a walmart section where you can buy like clothes i mean it, it's it's an amazing gas station so you're telling about the buckies yes yeah so i thought i had some beaver nuggets here because we sent some out but they're so buckies is a religion in texas gotcha all right it's it's the coolest thing ever more so and than dr they, pepper more <laughs> so than Do- it's right up there with dr pepper like texas pre-product dr pepper water burger buckies 
Gotcha. Maybe right. in that. I've heard of Bucky's multiple times. I just have never been to it. You it's, will in September. Oh, you in will. September. In September, we're gonna have to make road trip because I don't think there's one super close to Austin, but it's not far. All right, we got this. It's a Live gas reporting. station on steroids. Live and, report. And beaver beaver nuggets are like these little candied crack. They're they're just amazing. All right. I'd just like to say one thing. Kevin is from Texas. And so when he says it's quote unquote not far, that could be two and a half, three hours away. Oh, geez, it's just over yonder. I'm like, oh, <laughs> he didn't say a number. <laughs> he used an it, adjective. It takes an hour to get from Houston to Houston. So it's, <laughs> oh, boy. It, yeah, uh, it's, if I'm at the big hospital, it takes me at least an hour to get home. Well, all about, uh, Beaver Nuggets, that's going to conclude five questions. And uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Buckies, I, call us. I mean, we'll yeah, yeah, sponsor the show. Kevin, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you at again? Art of Emergency Nursing is the podcast. Also, have another podcast called How Not to Kill Your Patient. Check both of them out. Let me know what you think. Uh, love to connect with you guys on social. Follow me on Instagram, that kind of stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. And it's been a blast. And you know, maybe one of these times we can uh, talk you into letting us come on your show. So we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about that here in just a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, that note, make sure you wash your hands, wear your mask, have a great week. Hey everybody, stay safe out there. Some road rich and I thought of you And all the many times You say I should have known